Hello, everyone. I want to welcome you to another edition of the Control Amplified podcast. I'm Len Vermillion, Editor-in-Chief of Control Magazine and ControlGlobal.com. And today we're talking about safety, mainly as it pertains to process automation, of course. And we have with us Chris Stogner, the Triconic Safety and Critical Control Leader at Schneider Electric. He's going to help us look at the software tools within process safety. We'll be talking about the adoption and also the hindrances to adoption, such as trust and cybersecurity, as well as the importance of certifications and, of course, why you need to take a long, hard look at these tools in the future. So, Chris, first of all, thank you for being here. Thanks, Len. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This is a, uh, a topic that I think is uh, very important and uh, doesn't get enough attention, so I'm glad to talk about it. No doubt. So let's start by talking about these software tools. Um, usually, I know while innovation is taking place in automation, safety tends to be out of scope a bit. So what are the reasons for that, and how does that affect adoption rate of, the, of these tools? Well, I mean, let's first say, you know, the world of automation in general, uh, process automation, uh, is going through probably the, the biggest metamorphosis that it's seen since and we started replacing, you know, relay-based control with, you know, PLCs and DCSs and, you know, safety systems of that sort. You know, there's so many things out there, you know, the trends are you know, big data, machine learning, you know, open automation, uh, you know, cloud-based control. And safety is generally always the next thing they say when they talk about, you know, some new initiative. Well, you know, safety's out of scope. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. A lot of very good reasons, right? I'm not, I don't want to throw shade on the reasons that uh, they, they're doing that, uh, but also want to, to be more uh, open-minded. Uh, one of the big reasons is people are just afraid to, to mess with their safety system, right? Uh, uh, you know, one of the other things, though, uh, that probably people don't realize as much is that safety is not always you know, in the forefront of, of people's thought processes when they talk about potential modernizations, uh, you know, rightly or wrongly, you know, safety is still not thought of as a productivity driver. It's really considered a necessary evil, you know, kind of like having car insurance, right? Uh, you know, it doesn't make me get from point A to point B any quicker, but if I have a wreck, right, I can cover, uh, I can cover my car. But, you know, there's been study after study that show that companies that have good process safety uh, practices are ultimately more profitable, right? Uh, and so, you know, when they're talking about doing software, you know, it, I guess another analogy would be, you know, let's, let's imagine that you were, you know, trying to choose a software to automate something that's in your house, right? And you're choosing between the refrigerator and the hot water here, <laughs> right? So you're the refrigerator, you're going in that thing, you know, a hundred times a day, getting stuff out. Uh, whereas the hot water heater is usually up in the attic or down in the basement and nobody thinks about it. And that's kind of the difference between where, uh, you know, the safety system is and, you know, the control system. People interact with the, they, the operators sit in front of VCS consoles all day long. Uh, they're monitoring, you know, you know, what's going on in the process, what's happening in vessels, how much flow is going through pipes. The safety system is the black box that, that nobody thinks about, but it, it may not get the attention that it should, right? So should safety be out of scope? Uh, you know, I don't think it should be. If I look at 
some of the other industries where, you know, things like machine learning and all that are put to, to use. Well, you know, back, you know, I mentioned car insurance you know, when, you know, up until 10 years ago, you know, when you were to get car insurance, they basically just said, okay, how old are you? How many miles do you drive? Uh, you know, have you been in any wrecks in the last, you know, five years? And, you know, what kind of car do you drive? And that, that gave you a quote and, you know, that worked fine. But now they can, you know, do so much more if you're willing to do it. You know, you can sign up and they can actually track how you drive. They can see how fast you drive. How many miles did you actually drive? How hard do you brake? How hard did you accelerate? You know, all these type things. And then they can give you a dynamic rate that both can save you money, but it also, you know, helps manage the risk for the insurance company itself. Mm -hmm. And so if we can apply these things to something like car insurance, you know, why can't we take these same techniques and use them to assess the, the safety instrument and functions that are going on in a plant to make sure that they are operating as efficiently and as safely as they can. And I guess as a follow-up to that, is that something that we're seeing happening and, you know, are people doing, going that route with software? <laughs> Not enough. Okay. I mean, there are some, but uh, you know, I think we could do a lot more. Okay, wonderful. Well, another barrier then, and you kind of mentioned it, is the trust factor. Um, people are afraid to mess with their safety systems. So why is there this uneasiness about that and trusting new software tools for safety? Well, it kind of goes back to the idea that, you know, they're scared they're going to do something wrong in safety. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, proven in use is, you know, what safety is, is built upon and for very good reasons, right? I'm, I'm a big believer in things uh, being proven in use myself. I've been working in the process safety industry for, for 25 years. But, you know, sometimes, you know, process, proven in use can actually make us less safe. If it prevents yeah. us from bringing on innovations that can actually, you know, make our plant safer, make make our safety functions operate, you know, more properly, uh, you know, the trust comes in, the, the ability to turn over to a tool what we think a human should be doing, right? Uh, you know, artificial intelligence scares, scares people mm -hmm. <laughs> and it scares me in some ways, but you know, it can be put to productive use. Uh, imagine a world of autonomous vehicles, right? And people are scared of those. The idea that I'm just going to like, you know, sit in the car and, you know, some artificial intelligence engine is going to drive the car and get me where I want to go and get me there safely. But let's just say that it worked and, you know, everybody had autonomous vehicles, you know, mm -hmm. the, you would almost eliminate anyone ever dying in a car accident again. Right. So, you know, the adoption of this technology makes us uh, more safe. And, and I think the same thing can be done with many of these tools. Uh, you know, we have a software tool that we call Safety Validator. So what this tool does is it, it automates the testing of the logic. So this was done very manually with, with the switches and things, you know, test panels for, for years and still done that way predominantly uh, today. You know, but, you know, customers that, you know, have used this tool, you know, we've got feedback that they've started their plan up four days early, uh, which is a huge productivity boom. Uh, they've, you know, cut 250 man days off their test effort, which is a big, you know, cost reduction. But in addition to that, it, it makes them more safe, right? It increases the test coverage. 
So in the world of you know safety instrumented systems and, and you know safety instrumented functions, you know it's very common that you use a, a two out of three uh, instrumentation, right? So you'll have three transmitters uh, that are, are monitoring some uh, potential you know process upset, and they do a two out of three voting. Well. It sounds simple, it sounds simple to test, but if you actually think of all the different combinations of things that could go on with those three transmitters, whether or not they're, you know, the process value is good, it's in trip condition, it's bypassed, not bypassed, the device has failed, not failed, you actually come up with about 7,000 different combinations of outputs from one, two out of three block. And, you know, and then you can have hundreds of those on one process unit. So humans couldn't take the time to go manually test all that type of stuff. But a software tool can do it very efficiently, can do it very fast. And so the test coverage that wasn't possible with the humans is now possible with the software, which leads us to a safer outcome. So when we're talking about software and safety and, and trust, obviously cybersecurity is huge. Um, everybody, it's on everybody's minds these days for just about everything. So yeah. <laughs> how does risk present a barrier to adoption and process automation and process control for these kind of tools? You know, whenever I you know present tools or, you know, if we talk about doing something in the cloud uh, or, you know, any other types of apps or analytics, mm -hmm. I mean, it just immediately goes to, but is it secure? How do you make it secure? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can explain to people to your blue in the face sometimes, uh, you know, how something's secure, but there's still all that ways that, you know, doubting, you know, mindset that, yeah, but somebody could hack it, right? But, you know, the thing I always go back to is, you know, this whole business is about risk management, right? Pretty much, you know, the the industrial, you know, owner operators, they're about managing risk anyway. So many of the processes that exist inside these plants have the potential to have some type of catastrophic event that can, you know, kill multiple people. They can, you know, cause damage to the environment and cause, you know, millions upon millions of dollars of damage uh, to assets. Right. But you know, the products that these companies bring to the world make our lives better. Right. They bring us value. So, you know, as human beings, we accept the risk associated, you know, with, a, you know, an ethylene oxide, uh, you know, process uh, because we know they make make our lives more valuable. But we don't just ignore the risk either, right? We identify the risk and we say, what can we do to minimize these risks, right? And that's how, you know, safety systems and safety functions are, are built, uh, you know, and to begin with, right? To basically to be able to, you know, make these products in a safe way. Cybersecurity is so analogous to this uh, in that these software tools actually make us more productive, they make us more safe, but they do require us to make data available, right? And mm -hmm. sometimes it requires us to open up more connections. And that does create a new cyber risk. I would be you know, lying if I, if I said that it didn't. But if the value that's given by these tools you know, is worthwhile, then we say, okay, we accept this potential cyber risk, but we're also in the same way, we're going to manage that and we're going to you know, put in protection systems around it. So then what about those kind of systems of protection around it? How do you manage 
those those risks? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things. Uh, you know, it's kind of building on the you know, process safety. So when you you assign, you know, for a safety function for process safety, you, you assign protection layers, right? And every layer, you know, think of the Swiss cheese model, right? Every layer has a few little holes in it, right? A few potential failures, and you know, a catastrophic event really comes down to mathematics, the, the odds of all of the, the holes and the layers lining up at the same time and, and you know something happening. Whereas with cybersecurity, it's a little bit more, there's a, a person out there that's trying to intentionally find where the holes are and make them line up. Mm-hmm. But you can overcome that, right? So there's things using good practices, you know, most vendors have, uh, if you follow what their security guidelines are, that's a, that's a good first step. Uh, but you know now we, we're very familiar with doing you know safety has ops uh, you know for any type of process unit. But you know there's now a cyber has ops. So you start saying, okay, what are the things that you know could possibly be cyber attacked? You know how could they do it? Uh, what's the likelihood that they could succeed in it? What would be the consequences? And then you start building in uh, protection layers around those potential threats, right? So putting things. You know, zones and conduit methodologies using firewalls, data diodes, any other type of uh, protective device. And so, you know, what it ultimately does is it can make information available that, you know, insights can be gathered uh, without providing direct access to a safety controller itself, which is something that we wouldn't want to do. So what are there any other barriers that we should be aware of before we move on? I'm I think one of the things is that even the customers that, you know, may be somewhat open to, to okay, I need to use software is as far as what do I choose? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the choices can be, you know, uh, as far as, you know, automation vendors, you know, you're somewhat limited by the laws of physics about, you know, what you can do from a hardware standpoint, right? And, and we really think that, you know, software is the, the new frontier, and everybody's aware of that, right? So now the, the amount of choices that are out there for software products are overwhelming, right? So when you have been to some trade shows lately and you kind of just start walking through the expo area and you see, you know, all these different booths and there's just thousands upon thousands of, you know, software products out there and like, you know, which one's, uh, you know, which one's right for me? Uh, so, you know, how would a customer, you know, choose? Well, uh, you know, I think, one, they have to say, well, what are my particular problem statements and, you know, what tools might, you know, address those things specifically. Uh, I think if it's going to be used for safety applications, it really needs to have a certification associated with it. And I think that, you know, you need to choose a company that's stable, Uh, you know, with the software, there's, you know, lots of companies that are out there that are bringing, you know, products to the market, some big, some small, I uh, just want to make sure that that company, you know, has a quality process that they develop the software against. They have a support mechanism, right? That, uh, you know, when new operating systems come out or new patches or new cyber vulnerabilities, they have the ability to, to update uh, the software and they're going to be able to be around, you know, for, you know, some period of time when inevitably you have to either make changes or you have to, uh, to, to upgrade that software. So what about certifications? Let's talk about that a little more. Can you expound on the certifications that would be needed and why they are needed? 
Well, I mean, I think both cybersecurity and, you know, process safety certification. So 615-08, which is kind of the umbrella st standard for the uh, for the process safety industry, uh, 62443 for cybersecurity. You know, and, and a lot of times people don't quite get that, right? When you talk about software, it's kind of like, well, it's just software. Why do I need to do this? And, you know... What's funny is, is no one questions anymore if you talk about a physical controller, right? Uh, you know, a, a safety system. You know, if you were to say, "Well, why do we need to get that?" Uh, you know, certified. You know, they would laugh at you. But if the software can, you know, have a direct impact on your safety function, it should undergo the same assessment uh, to make sure that it does what it's supposed to do. You know, I mentioned we have a, a tool to. Uh, you know, to automate the, the, the testing of the logic. Well, we have that fully certified because imagine if you didn't, right? What would happen if, you know, a tool indicated that a test had passed when in actuality it had failed, right? Uh, then that you'd be operating in, a, in an unsafe manner. And, you know, we definitely don't want that. So even if people these days are are reluctant to get use software for process safety, they're they're really going to need to in the future, won't they? I guess why is that? <laughs> I think they have to, whether or not they realize it or not, right? right? Because you know the world's energy needs are growing. The population mm. of the of the world is still growing. Uh, energy needs are still growing. There are still countries that are rapidly developing. Uh, you know, and there aren't enough people. I mean, new plants are being brought on, uh, existing plants are being expanded and the workforce is reducing. And, you know, more people are retiring uh, than are entering the workforce. Uh, and I'm talking specifically about, you know, the industrial workforce. I mean, just, just this week, a couple of days ago, the Wall Street Journal had an article about, you know, the oil and gas industry. And they said since uh, 2014, there has been a 75% reduction in undergraduates who are majoring in petroleum engineering. So, I mean, that's a, it's already a problem, but it's, it's a looming crisis. Mm -hmm. And so people are having to do more with less and, you know, they, they're not going to be able to do it. And just recently I visited, you know, a, a customer and, you know, we're in a big conference room and the control systems manager for that plant kind of points at two guys sitting at the end of the table and says, these two guys have been managing my safety systems for the last 20 years and they're going to retire soon and I won't be able to replace them. And that's so symbolic of what's going on, you know, across the entire industry. And so, you know, you ask these people, well, you know, your current methodologies that you're using are you know to, to make sure that your safety systems are op operating properly you know how are you doing it uh you know lots of times it's just pen and paper or microsoft excel right that's kind of the leading uh you know process safety management tool in a lot of ways a lot of homegrown stuff that they can't uh, support but you know i'll ask well for every safety function in this plant i mean how much time does it take you to do it you know, using your current methods, right? And you usually get something like, you know, four or five, six hours, sometimes something in that that range. Well, then you ask, well, how many safety functions do you have at the site? And they'll say 5,000. And well, how many people do you have? One. <laughs> like, well, you know, the, the math doesn't add up there, right? right? And so what's scary is there's just a lot of things that aren't getting done, right? And, you know, to make sure you know, that, you know, these things can get done. There has to be this adoption of software to offset, not to replace humans, 
but to augment the humans and be able to do things that they just don't have the the bandwidth or the capacity to do. And it's going to make, it's not just going to make people more productive, right? At the end of the day, the adoption of these tools, they're going to make sure that the plants keep running and they're going to make sure everyone goes home safe at the end of the day. Wow, this is a lot of great information we've talked about today. Uh, we are out of time. Um, we probably could go on forever. <laughs> but uh, thank you, Chris, for all this great conversation on process safety software. And I, I think it's an area I'll be discussing a lot in the future as well. So once again, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Lynn. All right. Thank you.